listeners, um, it's Nick. Just before we get into the main episode, I just wanted to dedicate this episode to my dad, Jack, who passed away last week due to COVID-19. Um, he was my first supporter when I got into podcasting and would always give me advice and tips when he listened to episodes of podcasts that I made. And although we um, had not been speaking leading up to this uh, unfortunate event, uh, he was my dad and I still loved him. So I just wanted to dedicate this episode in his memory and to all our listeners, stay well, stay safe, follow guidelines and um, just remind people that you love them. You've got a fantastic episode coming up. We've got a great guest. Um, thank you and enjoy the show. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater and Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. Uh, I am Nick, as I'm sure you already know, and on this episode we have a very special guest. But before we get to him, I am joined by P. Dubs Paul Washington. Hello. And if his internet restarts, uh, Craig will also be joining us. But uh, we'll time will tell on that one. We're uh, we've got our fingers crossed, and that's all we can do. But uh, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend. Um, he would be knighted if he was British, but he's not. Uh, we are joined by royalty in Mr. Pete Werner. Well, that's a, that, that, that's, a, that's a very nice introduction and possible for me to live up to, but I'm very happy to be here. Well, you'll give it a good go. I know that much. Um, I think, actually, 
this is the first time we've recorded a podcast together because I believe the last time you came on uh, Diz After Dark, I was in Paris. So we met, but we've not right. podcasted before. I think you're correct. Yeah. I think you're so correct. Making up for lost time. Well, thank you so much for giving us uh, some of your time to join us in obviously what is quite unprecedented circumstances. Um, but before we get into that, um, we always start this show off with what everybody's drinking. So uh, we'll go to the guests first. Pete, what are you drinking at the moment? Well, I'm double fisting at the moment. I have a coffee in one hand and a uh, Cherry Coke Zero in the other. That is dedication. That is real dedication. I need my caffeine, man. I'm working hard. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm actually the same. I've got two drinks as well. Um, what? I've, I've got a Oreo hot chocolate. I've run out of Bailey's hot chocolate that I had the other day. So I've had to add Bailey's to the Oreo hot chocolate. <laughs> I, and, wow. I've, and I've got a Pepsi Max raspberry for afterwards. <laughs> my God. Uh, I, I, I take it, Pete, you know what enjoy Bailey's the, is. Enjoy, enjoy the insulin shot. Uh, that you're <laughs> after adding Bailey's to an Oreo hot chocolate, that is... That's a new one on me. I say, I, I abs, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And it's over six years. I absolutely know what Bailey's is. Okay. Yeah. And you, you know definitely that, well, I wouldn't put one in a hot chocolate regardless of if I was... Uh, well, I, I was never a Bailey's guy to begin with. I didn't like Bailey's. It, um, it, was always, it was always a thing for a lot of people where when everything else in the cupboard had been drunk, you had some in the back of the cupboard. And that's what you, that would be the next go-to, but... <laughs> it's not everyone's first choice it was sure. only because i had been drinking actual proper bailey's hot chocolate it already got it in it but i'd run out of that so <laughs> yeah, but yeah but you've got to remember because i know what you've got right well i figured out what you've got you've got like a tassimo right yeah so other other coffee pod makers are available but all that's that's flavored hot chocolate that is yeah. not that is not an act that doesn't have alcohol in it. So you no, just gone sod that. I, I was still adding it anyway. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Well, it, again, unprecedented times. Uh, right, I have got here. Oops, there you go. A bottle of Michelob Ultra, which was one of my dad's favourite beers. So cheers to you and everyone else. Hello, guys. I'm back. Hey. Craig, we just started drinking. Oh, fabulous. What are you drinking? Uh, cherry Pepsi Max and Yorkshire tea. Oh, you've done that just so, for me, haven't you? So th three, of, three of the four of us are double fisting tonight, so. I don't understand this. This never happens. This never happens. Why has everyone got two drinks? Well, I mean, I've got some more drink in the fridge, but I'm not getting that out until I finish this beer. But this is, this really is strange times. Um, now, Pete, I would normally leave this to the end of the show, but I'm going to bring this forward now. Okay. If people don't already know who you are, and I mean, it's obviously a very small number, but who are you and what do you do? Um, I am the owner of The Diz, uh, www.info.com and dizboards.com. I'm the host of The Diz Unplugged podcast. Um, I am a co-owner in Dreams Unlimited Travel. Uh, among other things that I do, but those are the big ones that relate to this anyway. Um, so I've been doing this now for going on uh, June 1st to be 23 years that wow. I've been uh, 
since I started the Diz. So yeah, it's been hard to believe 23 years has gone by, but um, easier to believe when I look in the mirror. But um, yeah, yeah, 23 years now. My God, I've been, I've been doing podcasts for uh, eight years, just over eight years, and that feels like a lifetime. 20, I know, I know it's not just podcasts, it, but it's the whole Right, we started the Diz, but... we started, yeah, started the Diz in June, uh, Actually, the Diz originally launched in like late May of uh, uh, 2017. 2017. Listen to me. My God. I'm like brain damage. Uh, 1997. Um, and, uh, but we say June 1st because I can't remember the exact date. Uh, Dreams Unlimited. Uh, we launched the travel agency November 15th, 1999. And the podcast, I want to say, we started uh, July 26th of uh, 2006. Um, it was quite an early podcast then because I... I oh, yeah, there were. Yeah, there were. Yeah. There were a lot, I, actually, at that point. There were a lot. Really? And I know that, I know that because, um, you know, uh, one of the guys, one of my friends who worked, worked with me back then who passed away, Bob Barley, our studio is named for him. And actually, the anniversary of his death is coming up this Tuesday. Our show this Tuesday is all about uh, all about him. But uh, Bob had been on me for a while about doing a podcast, and because a lot of people were doing them at that point, and I'd said to him, "Unless we can come up with a format that isn't an, a duplicate of what everybody else is doing, I'm not interested." So eventually, you know, we came up with the idea of. A lot of the podcasts at that point um, that we that I had heard it anyway were very uh, effusive about Disney. And Disney was wonderful and never did anything wrong. And uh, I love Disney. Don't get me wrong. I can't devote your career to it the way I have and not love it. Um, but I also didn't subscribe to the idea that they were, you know, perfection, um, and that the amount of money people were spending to come to Disney World. I felt it was important that you know, we just be honest about it. So uh, that ended up being kind of what set at that time our podcast apart is that, you know, we would absolutely criticize them when they needed to be criticized. That still is what we do. Just we're not the only ones anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. And, it, and it's funny because when we originally started Diz After Dark, th that, was, that was kind of our angle. And at that time, I wasn't listening to, I hadn't really discovered the American Disney podcast. I was listening to um, a lot of, at the time, there was quite a few British Disney podcasts. So I was listening to those. And we come to the same realisation. There is absolutely no point in us doing a Disney podcast that is the same as everyone else. It's very saccharine, uh, sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Everything is wonderful because as much as we loved it, there were lots of things that were wrong as well. And we just thought you need to have a bit of a different angle. So it's really weird that we didn't know why you started in the way that you did. And I wasn't even familiar with your work back in uh, 2011, 2012. And yet we had a similar kind of concept in uh, you know, having that angle to it. I love Disney, but as opposed to Disney is perfection for everything they do. Well, and, you know, part of it for me was that, you know, as a kid, I wanted to go to Disney World in the worst way. Um, but my parents couldn't afford it. You know, we were middle class. Uh, that was, even then, an expensive trip. And I had a friend 
who went to Disney World every summer with his family and would come back and tell me all these great stories. And I swore when I was old enough, I would go. And, you know, once I did, that was it. I was bitten. Um, but then when we started the site and I realized people were really, you know, uh, especially after the sh when we started the show, that people were really, you know, paying attention to what we were saying. You know, it's like, I mean, anybody who knows me knows I'm fairly straightforward guy. Um, over, you know, over the years, I've learned some semblance of dis diplomacy. Um, but especially at the time we started the show, that was not the case. But, uh, you know, I, I felt that everybody was nervous about doing it. Everybody, you know, my team was nervous about doing a podcast. And, you know, because, you know, you put yourself out there. You kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's not, you know, the Internet's not always the nicest place in the world. So it was a little nerve wracking for us to do. And I said, you know, just be yourself. If for no other reason, then it's the easiest thing to remember. I didn't want to do shtick. I didn't want to do bits. I didn't want to, you know, put on an act. Tell them what you think. Um, and, you know, especially at that time and up until recently, um, you know, especially the American podcasts. I don't know if it's such a factor for British podcasts, but uh, if you want access, if you want media access, when they open something new, um, when they're doing a big event, um, you better be nice or they're not going to invite you. And for years, even though I had arguably the largest Disney fan site on the internet, a very popular podcast, we were invited to nothing. And eventually, eventually, they're like, well, <clears throat> it's kind of stupid that we're giving an invite to a guy who's got you know, 300 unique visits a month on his website, but this guy who's got 3 million unique visits a month isn't getting invited. So um, they eventually they eventually capitulated and started inviting us to stuff. But that's still the case for a lot of podcasts. If you're, if you're very editorial about Disney, don't expect an invitation in. Hmm. It's sad. Yeah, because you would like to think that balance is is really important and like you say we had a there was a similar thing with disneyland paris and um the people that were invited some of the people like we were completely ignored and at that time we uh, had very popular disneyland paris shows we span it off into its own series and that was doing really well um and we were getting nothing we was getting no attention at all but somebody with an instagram account with 50 followers would be part of their press list part of their inner circle because they knew it would be just pure positivity and i think i think they're a bit better now about constructive criticism and i think there's a big difference between slagging something off completely and you know constructive criticism constructive feedback because i think that's important um before we start recording you you mentioned something about being truthful and being honest and you know, people buy into that. People buy into your brand because they believe your word. If they didn't believe you, they probably wouldn't, you know, come back every week to, to watch the shows and to download podcasts. So you've got a lot of swag. Well, I, you know, I, I, I say this, I say this offline a lot. Um, I've said, that, said it to Disney a lot. Um, my my loyalty is not to you. My loyalty is to my audience. My loyalty is to 
my site visitors, my clients. That's my loyalty is these people are either trusting my voice or trusting my company to book their vacation. Um, that that's where my loyalty is and to make sure they have the best experience possible. I, I'll never tell anybody don't go to Disney World, although I did that two months ago before they shut the parks down with coronavirus. Um, but it was only because of uh, COVID-19 that I said that. But I don't tell people don't go to Disney World. I just say when you go to Disney World, don't do this, do that. This is not a good use of your money, but this is. Um, but and they've gotten better. Uh, Disney has gotten better about that kind of that kind of criticism. But they're still, they're still pretty thin-skinned, I think, uh, overall. Um, but one executive did say to me a few years ago, "You're tough, but you're fair." And I'm like, I can't ask for better than that. I can't ask for better than that. So, tough but fair. Yeah. I'll take that. And I and I think that's really reasonable. Um, now. One of the ventures that um, you mentioned at the beginning of the show is, of course, your travel company. Yes. Um, we are in a time now, um, again, we were talking about this off air, about the fact that, you know, all of the parks, um, apart from Shanghai, um, are currently closed. It's, it's the most unusual situation because there have been days when the Disney parks have had to close, like Paris has had some bad weather and has had to close before. Uh, I remember Tokyo when it had the earthquake had to close for um, a few weeks. Uh, the American parks really have, have only ever closed for like a handful of days. So for them to be closed for this amount of time and, you know, with the future kind of stood uncertain on that, I mean, how has that affected your business? Well, um, you know, look, uh, as I was mentioning to you, uh, every product we sell is currently shuttered. Um, Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I've got to give them props. Um, Disney has acted in the best interests of public safety. Um, and they've also acted in the best interests of their travel partners. They have protected commissions on everything that has been canceled. So every Walt Disney World package that had to be canceled, we still got paid on. Every Disney Cruise Line vacation that got canceled, we are getting paid on. Now, what they did say was, it may take us a little longer to pay you, but it's still protected. So for the moment, for the moment, we're okay. For the moment, and it's only because of Disney's generosity. Um, they're not getting paid on a lot of these vacations. They're giving full refunds back and still paying our commission. Um, so, you know, that's extraordinary. That is extraordinary. Not every company is doing that. Um, so, you know, you could, you say, you know, one thing I'm fond of saying is you can judge someone's true character in a crisis. And I think that certainly tr holds true here. While there are many things I can, I can, complain about and point out about Disney. Um, they have been, they have been very good to their cast members. They have been very good to their travel partners. Um, and they have acted in the best interest of the public over their own profits. That company is losing over $30 million a day right now. Um, and you would think when that kind of money was at stake, they would, 
I don't know that 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 you know it wouldn't wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility for a massive uh, international corporation uh, to act uh, in the best interest of their shareholders. Um, but they're not. They're not. They're acting in the best interest of their guests. And you know, if I'm going to criticize them on one side, I got to give them that. I got to give them that. So it has been a challenge. We've had to adapt a lot. Um, I'm a I'm a firm believer though that. You know, my, if my life is any example, um, you, can, you can pull great opportunity out of tragedy, um, out of crisis. Um, when you're forced to learn to adapt and change, <clears throat> it opens up new ways of thinking. You know, I think we're all guilty of this, that you, you, you're used to living your life a certain way and then some event happens that forces you to change, that forces you to adapt. <clears throat> and from that, you know, amazing things can come from that. So that's what I'm looking for right now. What are those ways that, you know, as a business, as, uh, uh, as an employer, uh, that I can adapt and find opportunities that will not just carry us through this, this crisis, but also improve who we are and what we do uh, once the crisis has passed, so. I mean, that, that is a, a, an amazing way of looking at it because yeah, I think the, the internet, especially at the moment, is, is very divided into how people are, are viewing this whole situation. You know, some are demanding the parts reopen as soon as possible because they miss Disney. <laughs> you've got the other side which are like we don't want the parks to open until we know it's really safe to do so whether that's a vaccine or whether it's because you know the nation is declared covid free whatever it is but i i, I think there's a bit of confusion on both sides about what's negative and what's positive because you can still you know what might seem negative is actually just trying to be realistic and a bit positive in in terms of time frames um, and I think the other way, being too positive and wanting things to open too quickly could actually end up being more of a problem. So it, it's very weird at the moment with, with how people are, are reacting to it. And I think you've taken a very positive approach in you know, talking about adapting and talking about what you can do in the future to kind of use this, this awful situation we're currently in to actually improve things. There is not one awful thing that has ever happened in my life and believe me there have been a lot of awful things that have happened in my life some my fault some not but there is not one thing that's ever happened to me where something positive didn't come out of it not one not one thing that i can't look back on and say you know what if that hadn't happened then i wouldn't have done this or i wouldn't have done this or this person wouldn't have come into my life or this situation wouldn't have changed and turned out to be the best thing that could have happened. I mean, I think we can all look back, right? We can all look back on things and say, you know, that sucked to go through that, but boy, look what, look what came out of it. Um, and I, I, I try and be a student of that and stay, you know, all, all any of us can do is stay in the moment, right? We can just stay in the day and like, okay, what, because like none of us know what the hell we're doing right now. We're just, you know, we're all, we're all making it up as we go along. I want to see the parks open, believe me. As a Disney fan, I want to see them open. As the owner of a business that sells Disney travel, 
I want to see them open, but not before it's safe. And I have to believe that given the way Disney has handled themselves uh, over these last couple of months, that they will not open the parks unless they think they can do it safely. And if not from the standpoint of uh, public safety, from the standpoint of PR, the last thing, the last thing Walt Disney World wants or Disney Cruise Line wants is a headline story that there was a massive outbreak of COVID-19 in their parks or on their cruise ships. No company wants that. And you need proof, just ask Princess Cruise Lines. Because what have we, what have we heard? Princess, 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 death, death, death. Um, no company wants that, but when it's Disney, it's 10 times the story. So they're not going to do anything they don't feel that they can safely manage because uh, they don't want that story. And like I said, they, they, they've done things they didn't have to do. They went further than they had to go to act in the public interest, the interest of their cast members and the interest of their travel partners. So um, they've earned my trust. They've earned my trust. Um, so I, and just to let you know, <clears throat> everything I'm hearing, everything I'm hearing right now is saying June 1st is a hard date. That's a hard date for it to reopen. Um, they started selling uh, their recovery packages, we call them, um, the people who were canceled. Um, they were able to book a package uh, with free dining, which I know for you guys is like a Tuesday, but for us it's a big deal because they don't do a lot of free dining uh, here anymore. Um, but it was a true free dining package and that was for arrivals starting June 1st. So there's no way they're gonna put that out there right now. And I've, also, I've just gotten information from a number of different sources that June 1st is a hard date for them right now. Not to say it can't change, but the way they're operating, everything that they're doing, everything they're planning right now is to reopen the parks on June 1st um, to be limited to resort guests and annual pass holders. So um, we'll see, we'll see, but that's currently the, the, what I'm hearing. Keith, there's, um, there's stories starting to come out now about potentially January next year for the parks to potentially to reopen. Um, bearing in mind that they've just furlonged 100,000 plus cast members. Do you think uh, they would have furlonged them if it was going to be such a short, I mean, June 1st to me is still quite a short closure in light of everything that's going on. Um, the, uh, the story you're talking about was a UBS um, financial analyst. Um, and what he was saying was that it would be January uh, of 2021 before the company was anything close to back to normal. Ah, right. Okay. I know it's been, I know it has been interpreted as the parks remaining closed until January. Uh, there's just no scenario. I don't see any scenario where that happens. Um, then again, you know, like I said, we're all working without a net right now. So, um, you know, I, if you'd asked me in February, would every Disney theme park be closed? I would have told you, no, there's no way. Um, so we are in unprecedented times, but based on everything I'm hearing and the, uh, 
at least here in the United States, you cannot underestimate the political will to reopen our economy right now. Um, I think some of that is uh, irresponsible, to be honest. Um, but uh, already uh, several cities and states have begun reopening bars, restaurants, salons. Um, every state has a different policy in terms of how it's doing that. Uh, Florida is certainly moving in that direction. Uh, personally, I ain't leaving this house until I know it's safe. I am in the, I'm, I'm, a I'm 55, I'm a diabetic. Uh, I'm in a high risk group. And so, but that's my responsibility, right? That's my responsibility to say, you know what? I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna hang back a little bit and kind of see what happens. But um, the furloughed cast members, uh, they had no choice. There was no way they can continue to pay salaries for 100,000 cast members um, while they were closed. But what they did do, which I thought was, was really cool, um, and again, this is a more uni a uniquely American situation. They have continued to pay, they're continuing to pay for uh, health insurance, full, the full health insurance, because normally cast members <laughs> have to contribute to their health insurance plans. Uh, Disney's paying all of it. Uh, <clears throat> and also understand the difference between furlough and layoff. Layoff means your job isn't coming back. It's a nice way of saying we just fired you, but it wasn't for cause. You didn't do anything wrong, but we're firing you. A furlough is temporary. Furlough means we can't pay you right now, but as soon as things come back, your job still exists. So technically, they are still on the books uh, as cast members. So nobody's losing, nobody's losing seniority, nobody's losing benefits or anything like that. It's just from a financial standpoint, you know, the reality of it is the company cannot afford, cannot afford to pay 100,000 cast members um, while there's absolutely no money coming. I'm surprised they, they did it as long as they did, to be honest with you. We, uh, we recorded a, a Halloween Horror Night 30 podcast the other night with Chris Ripley. And bearing in mind... Great we, guy. Uh, yeah, always a cracker. Um, but we had... We looked at the universal, um, the leaks from the questionnaire that they put out to guests. <laughs> now, ha going forward, how do you see a Disney park operating safely? And will it still be worth going to that Disney park? But I mean, I was contacted today uh, by a travel agent. Uh, am I still looking to book for my holiday next year, uh, because before all this, we were making inquiries. Now, last year's holiday cost me somewhere in the region of £20,000. So, yeah, that's how much well, that's it right. is. But you, guys, you guys travel for like a month and a half, so, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we did uh, five nights at the Hard Rock and then two weeks at the Beach Club. Um, yeah, well, okay, there you go. So, but... I'm not prepared to uh, make a booking in, in this current climate, even for August next year. So, because if I'm still paying £20,000, I want £20,000 worth of enjoyment. 
Um, you know, what, what I'm hearing, and again, um, I take about 50% of what I'm saying with a grain of salt, because this is, this is all very speculative. What I'm hearing is that June, you know, that June 1st date is going to be, um, all the resorts, most of the restaurants, um, and Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios with Epcot remaining closed longer so they can catch up on construction. Um, how do they do that safely? Um, by, if, I think, first of all, you're going to see them go to a virtual queue um, through the My Disney Experience app, which is a disaster waiting to happen. Um, that app doesn't work right under normal circumstances. You're going to add something like a virtual queue to it and, you know, it's six to five and pick them how that's going to work. Um, but I think you're going to see them go to a virtual queue. And I think you're going to see a lot of policies, um, a, a lot of policies adapt on the ground. Uh, I think you're going to see quick service dining uh, go mo mobile order only and pick up curbside uh, instead of putting people into those, into those restaurants. I think you're going to see restaurants operating at 50 uh, operating at fifty percent capacity uh, to ensure that there is distance. Um, I also think you're going to see a massive investment in new technology for sanitizing public spaces. Uh, we've been hearing a lot about that lately. Um, that uh, you know, the, there are companies that have been developing this technology for a while. Um, that it hasn't it hasn't gone mainstream but that now it will because everybody's gonna want this. And so I, I see them doing that. Um, you know, obviously how, uh, I, I honestly believe I, people balk at this, but I think they're gonna require masks on everyone. I think everyone's gonna be required to have a mask. And, um, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not wearing a mask when it's 95 degrees. Well, then don't go, then don't go until until this situation changes, if you want to go to Disney World, that's what you're going to have to do. There are things you're going to have to do. And I think the fact that a lot of people are, are, are scared, a lot of people are concerned, a lot of people are, you know, feeling the way you are, Craig, that I don't know that I want to spend this money right now, um, even for next year, is going to keep the crowds lower which may make social distancing a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, it's, it's any, it really is anybody's guess how they're going to go about doing it. But I think you're going to see, look, I think from now on, I don't think this is a temporary thing. I think from now on, there's a new normal. And it's going to get folded in to, you know, I think we're all, for the rest of our lives, going to be washing our hands like we're getting ready to go into surgery. Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, be seeing that in the parks. Um, I, I think they're just going, it's just going to be a new normal. Exactly what that looks like, I don't know. But I also think you're going to see, uh, one of the other things I've speculated is that, you know, they've got uh, uh, the testing capacity right now uh, where they can test for COVID-19 within about 15 minutes. Um, I think you may see even see mandatory testing um, 
which I know I mentioned that on one show and some people lost their minds. And what people need to remember is that Disney is private property and they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. So, you know, it's, I had one person was like, you know, it's violating my constitutional rights. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. You don't have to go. Currently in the UK, our testing facilities are virtually non-existent. Um, And the results are three days. If you're lucky, it might be a week. Um, And they're just rolling out the tests now to key workers. Um, I fall into that bracket, but it's only a key worker if you are having symptoms. And it's only the tests only give out a positive or a negative result if it's the first three days of being infected. So that's where we are over here with our testing. See, and we're we're in a similar situation. Um, they haven't rolled out testing nearly as much as they need to in order to justify any kind of reopening of society at all, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, and and you only can get tested if you're symptomatic, which boggles my mind because now they're telling us that it can be spread when you're not symptomatic. Um, so until we have a scenario, and I, I will say politically in, in America, uh, there is so much pressure on the government right now to roll out testing. So it is being ramped up in a big way. Our lead, uh, lead doctor for the government that's handling um, a, a, a lot of this, is coordinating a lot of this, has said within the next three weeks, uh, he's expecting that we should be ramped up to a level of testing where we can begin justifying reopening. Um, so I think it's gonna be a combination of these things. Um, you know, whether Disney will go so far as to, uh, to test everybody that goes in, I think that's absolutely gonna be true on Disney Cruise Line. I don't think you're gonna get on a cruise ship for a very long time without having to be spot tested for this, for this virus. Otherwise, they're never gonna get anybody on a ship. Um, you know, I love cruising, but anybody who's been on enough cruises know it's not unusual for you to come off of it with a cold or the flu, or, you know, they call it the cruise crud. Um, viruses spread very quickly on ships. And that industry is going to have to do extraordinary things to give people a sense of uh, uh, safety. And, and, and going on a cruise again. So that's the other challenge Disney has right now is Disney Cruise Line and what they're gonna be able to do to get people back on, on cruises. Now, I think we may see Disney Cruise Line. Well, I, I can tell you right now, based on the tea leaves I'm reading, I don't think they're sailing before July. As a matter of fact, I don't think they're gonna sail, I really don't think they're gonna sail before the fall at this point. Um, I think it's a much different, it's a whole different ball of wax with Cruise Line, but I think we're looking at fall before we see cruises go out. Now, P-Dubs, been sitting there very patiently. Um, I wanted to ask you, with regards to this, you know, Pete's obviously explained how well um, Disney in, in the States have handled the closure of their parks and, you know, what they're doing for people, but 
have you heard much in what we're seeing at Disneyland Paris at the moment with you know cancelled holidays or delayed trips? Honestly, nothing more than than kind of what the French government have come out and and said that, that things are closed until kind of the middle of May. Um, I know a lot of people are moving their holidays about no matter when they're booked. A lot of people are moving them until next year um, or towards the, the back end of this year. But yeah, as far as, as Disneyland Paris themselves, they've confirmed nothing more than than what the French government have told people and that things won't be coming out of lockdown until the middle of next month. So I don't know if you've heard um, what the, the government said, Pete, but... Um they turned around and said that um, they weren't expecting to allow uh, mass gatherings in public places to begin again until probably mid-July. I, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's certainly a possibility here. I, I, I everything I'm hearing the same June on this end, on this end. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think we have, unfortunately, we have a unique set of pressures um, here uh, with the system of government that we have with the, uh, I don't want to get myself in any trouble here. Uh, um, every time I go up to that line, I got to watch. Um, don't say the but, T word, Pete. Don't say the T word. <laughs> Not sure I know what the T word is, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's just I've had to really limit how much information I'm taking in from the news right now because it's just every day they're contradicting themselves every day, and then you you know you go on Facebook and every wild, insane theory that anybody dreams up, not only gets shared, but then gets like this light and all these people start believing it. And I'm just trying to listen to what doctors are saying, you know, um, and scientists and people studying this. But what I'm worried about is if we find out that this isn't as, uh, if there's any boy who cried wolf scenario in this, People will never, ever listen to the doctors or the scientists again. Um, I'm, uh, that, that's the only thing I'm afraid of. But, you know, I think July sounds responsible. I think it sounds responsible. And I, like I said, with, where the world is concerned, I don't believe if they really think that it's unsafe, they won't open. They won't open. I, my personal gut feel now you've you've kind of explained what the the likely and we have to stress likely because nothing is set in stone yet but the likely situation in america i think what we might find is that if when the parks do reopen if they do reopen on the first of june the world will be watching uh, and by the world i mean the disney worlds uh, all the disney parks will be watching what what's going on there and seeing how that works and seeing if that is is safe and if that is successful. And I think, I mean, they're, they're probably all working on a very similar plan about how to reopen when they can. But I think if they reopen Disney World, Disneyland, and there's no issues, I think that they might try and open 
um, the other parks sooner rather than later because they're not going to hold back if they feel that they can do it safely. So it could be a good litmus test. And I also, I also want to say this. Um, the man who just became president of Walt Disney World, Josh tomorrow, somebody I've worked with for many years. Um, I, I consider him a friend. I know him. Um, we talk somewhat regularly. Um, there is not a better person. I say this in all sincerity. There is not a better human being to be in charge of Walt Disney World than Josh tomorrow right now. Um, if there's anybody who's going to be able to navigate these waters, it's this man. He has, he has this ability that I've watched him do it with product after product. Um, he has an ability to, to, to work miracles. I'm not saying like, you know, super Josh is going to cure COVID-19. Um, but this is a very creative man whose priority it, are his guests and his cast members. Um, almost to a fanatical passion. Um, so I do put a lot of faith in that. You know, it's it's easier because I know him um, and I've watched him work and I've seen the things he's done. This is a brilliant guy um, that if anybody's going to figure out how to do this safely, it's him and his team. Um, so I do put a lot of faith in them right now. Um, and I say that, like, I put that out in the world and I pray to God I'm right. <laughs> Um, I pray to God I don't have to come come back to, uh, on a show in two or three months and now oh, I got that one wrong. Um, but I, I really think that you're right. Walt Disney World will absolutely be the template that will be used um, around the world, at least where the Disney parks are concerned. Um, and, you know, you were talking about Universal earlier, and I'm not trying to disparage Universal, um, but... You know, the surveys that they put out, some of the questions we've gotten on the travel agency side, they had no idea what to do. They started taking their cues, they've started taking their cues from Disney. They're taking their cues from Disney right now. Um, they had no idea what to do. I mean, when you're coming to us and you're asking us what you should do, that's scary. That's scary. <laughs> Um, you know, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be very interesting. It's an interesting time to be in this business. It's an interesting time to somebody who's followed the business aspect of these parks for two decades now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what they end up doing and how they end up navigating this. On the, on a, on a personal note, Pete, for yourself, I know you said before you've uh, got diabetes. So have you had any sort of guidance off government about staying indoors for a period of time? Like our, oh, yeah. our vulnerable people have had letters off the NHS for 12 weeks lockdown, not to leave the house for any reason for 12 weeks. Have you had anything like that? No, no. Um, uh, other than, like I said, the communication and the guidance we get from uh, the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control, um, uh, that's, uh, that, that's the branch of the government that basically communicates, you know, what they know and what the recommendations are. Um, and 
you know, they are absolutely saying anybody in the high risk group, and that is anyone with uh, pulmonary uh, pulmonary issues, heart disease, um, diabetes over the age of 65, um, that you really need to play it safe. So I, you know, I really haven't left my house now for going on a month. It's over, it's a month and a half. Um, and as I was saying to you before, I mean, I work from home and I'm not the most social guy in the world. So it's not a big difference from, I mean, this is a little extreme, but it's not that much different than what I'm used to. But uh, no, we're not, uh, you know, they're not sending things home or anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, we just, like I said, I'm paying attention to the guidance from the CDC. The mortality rate in the groups that I just mentioned uh, is 40% when they get this, when they get COVID-19. That's the mortality rate there. So, um, yeah, I'm staying away. I'm just staying inside. I have a nice house. I got a nice house and a lot of video games. And <laughs> so I'm good. I'm just struggling to see. I mean, I had to go shopping for my mother-in-law and father-in-law today because they, they're both in the groups as well. And when you go to a supermarket now in the UK, you all have to queue around the car park uh, in two-meter gaps. Um, and then they only allow so many in at one time. So you're told to go in one at a time. And then there's arrows on all, everywhere, right through the supermarket, telling you which way to walk up and down the aisles. And then there's a, all, all the tills have been, had big plastic screens put up. You can clean your trolley, everything. I just struggle to see how that type of life that we're leading now for us going out into the, the horrible real world as it is now, could be transferred over to such a fun place as Walt Disney World, where people are going to have to queue to go into shops, where numbers are limited. It just doesn't seem natural, you know? Well, I, I, I'm going to tell you, none of that is happening here, okay? Um, uh, that's the way it should be. What you're describing is the way it should be. That is not what's happening. Um, the... The local supermarket by me, Publix, which is basically a local supermarket for everybody who lives in Florida. Um, there's none of that. There's none of that. Now, fortunately, fortunately, um, we have a great grocery delivery service. So that's, I haven't stepped foot inside Publix for a while. Um, I'm able to get everything delivered. My roommate, on the other hand, a couple of times has had to go down to Publix and he, and he comes back and he's like, you would never know anything was going on there. It's like, there's no social distancing. There's nobody's wearing masks except the employees. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I look at it from the standpoint of even in the midst of the worst part of this, a lot of Americans aren't adhering to these guidelines. So even once it opens, even once we start opening stuff back up, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that's going to look. Um, now, I mean, Florida's infection and, and, and mortality rate has actually been fairly decent in comparison to some other states. Um, but, you know, it's... As, as far as Walt Disney World goes, 
if we can't get them, if we can't corral them to follow some basic guidelines in Publix, I don't think we're going to see it in Disney World either. Because you have that sense of entitlement, right? You have that sense of, I just spent X thousand dollars to be here. Don't tell me where I can stand. Don't tell me where I can walk. Don't tell me this. Don't tell me that. Um, and so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a challenge, um, especially as, uh, you know, a, a lot of what, uh, you know, a lot of what we're <clears throat> seeing in certain news stories now is going back to the 1918 Spanish flu um, that devastated the world. It's the last time we had a massive pandemic like this. And that a lot of states, uh, Denver, uh, a lot of cities uh, like Denver, Colorado, um, they, they, you know, the, the number of infections was going down and they opened everything back up. And then they had this massive second wave because they opened up too soon. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen here. Um, so anybody's guess, but I don't think Americans in particular are going to be too amenable to those kind of restrictions. That, that is, got, that sorry, is just, just very quickly, that is almost lambs to the slaughter. It's a cull. That is basically <laughs> a cull. It's, um, you know, I, I got in trouble last week on my show because I was talking about the protests that are going on here in America uh, for people who want to reopen everything. And I, I, I got in trouble for making the comment that there is a fine line between accident and natural selection. Um, and, but that's exactly how I feel. Um, I, I don't know, doctors, you know, doctors are telling me and scientists are telling me this is what needs to be done. I got to go with that. I have to go with that. Um, my gut isn't medical advice. And I don't want to confuse my Google search with somebody else's MD. Um, so if that's what they're saying, and that's the, the only thing that, it's the only responsible thing I think we can do. Um, not everybody feels that way in this country. Um, so that's why I'm going to stay inside. Um, I'm going to stay inside and play my video games and work until this passes. As long as I can keep getting groceries delivered to my house, you know, I'll, that's the only thing I can think to do. And I, I don't think there's anything unreasonable in that. I, I think, you know, you've got to do what feels comfortable for you. And, and if that is what you feel that you need to do, um, I don't think anyone could or, or should tell you otherwise, um, to be completely honest. Um, but I was going to ask P-Dubs because I know that um, you've got a trip booked for later this year. Yeah. Um, now, are you staying on site? Was that the plan? Uh, we've got a couple of nights at either end of our trip uh, staying on site, and then we had a, a week off site. Um, we actually talked about this as a family the other day, and as you brought up, Pete, there's a chance that it's going to be limited to people that are staying on property. I just said, Do you know what, I'll just book another night and, and take another night away from the villa. Uh, to get my four four parks in over the the holiday. So if if that's the case, then that's what I'm going to do. 
Uh, what date? What dates were you planning on being in town? Uh, last couple of weeks of October. I, I, I'll tell you the truth. I don't think, I, I think you'll see, if they do end up restricting it to resort guests and annual pass holders only, I think you're only going to see that through the summer. Um, I mean, it's hard to say where we'll be in October. I would be very surprised. If come up, if they if they in fact do those restrictions, I would be very surprised if they lasted that long. Um, to be honest with you, I would be very very surprised. Yeah, especially if they get. Point. <laughs> if, if especially by then, by then, you know they're going to have they're have a lot more to work with. Testing at that point should be ubiquitous which is the biggest, biggest part of making sure we control this virus, is ubiquitous testing, as many people as we can, to identify where it is, quarantine them, and trace contacts. That's what everybody says is the only way to successfully contain this. Um, and I think by then we should be there, and so it, it should be, I would imagine, I would hope that, let's say they open June 1st, that whatever restrictions are in place at that point have been relaxed by October because we know more, we're doing more, and we kind of know what we're dealing with. Um, that would be my hope. Yeah, my only my only kind of worry is for those people. I mean, I mean, there's lots of what aboutery at the moment in everything we talked about uh, and everything else around this situation as well, because um, you know at the moment even if we wanted to the borders are shut like we can't fly to america and get in you guys cannot fly from the us and get in in here either so mm -hmm. from an international point of view um you know we are waiting to find out when it will be that we will be able to uh, to travel again but if those restrictions are lifted um in the summer in order for people that have booked those trips to orlando are able to go can you imagine if you put your your holiday on iDrive, um, expecting to go to Disney for two weeks, and you can't go there at all, unless you suddenly bought an annual pass or, or something similar? Yeah, I mean that's it's a possibility. That, I mean, it's, it's not a possibility. It is. Like I said, I you know all of this. We, I could be wrong about everything I have said. Um, you know, normally when I, when I speculate about what I think Disney is going to do, I'm basing it on what they've done in the past. I'm basing it on what I've seen them do previously and how they've responded to situations. This, there is no point of reference for this. We have not, no one alive right now has ever seen this. Not like this. Um, so it's, a, it's a whole new, it's a whole new world. So <laughs> it's hard to say what we'll be doing in two weeks, let alone what we'll be doing in five months, six months. Um, you know, so a lot of it, a lot of it is, you know, I hope I pray, I think, but that's all we got to go on. It's all we have. And that's kind of comes back to what I was saying initially that it's just about, you, you got to be with something like this. You've got to be in the moment. You've got to be in the moment and stay flexible. And 
deal with it as it comes up. I, I, as far as when they open our borders, um, I think it's, I mean, how do you do that? How do you, how do you restrict international travel that much for that long? I don't know. Um, but I think you're looking at a situation where um, they're not going to open up. They're not going to open up for international travel here until we are in a much different place than we are now. And given the speed or lack thereof uh, with which things are being done here, I think you may be looking at fall before uh, we see we see those restrictions lifted. Interesting. Really is like <laughs> I know it may not sound like it, but it, it's fascinating to to think of it. And I mean, we've done I don't know three, four, five shows maybe now since this all kicked off, trying to you know think of what could happen. I think originally when we started to talk about the situation, it was a very quick kind of conversation about yeah, the parts will be reopened in a few months, and as the weeks have gone on, you know, our thought process has changed. How can it possibly reopen? by June how can it possibly reopen this year but I think there's been a lot of sense talk tonight by yourself um, you know about ways that they might be able to get around that well you also have to <clears throat> you know I think it's also important to understand American politics and the reality of life in America and how that influences those those decisions um, you know, I was, I was watching something recently. They talk about never in the history of the world have so many, so much money and so many resources from all over the world been, been brought to bear on one thing. Um, so we don't know. We don't know what will come of that. Um, there were a lot of things that killed people 50 years ago that they've developed either vaccines or treatments for that no longer, no longer kill them. Um, maybe we won't ever see a vaccine, but maybe it'll become treatable. Maybe it won't be as, as, uh, you know, as, as, as deadly as, as it is right now. We've got to remember, we've never seen this before. We have no medication to treat it. Um, you know, shy of, no, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to mention bleach. I'm not going to mention bleach or, you know, shooting bleach into your lungs. Um, okay. Because again, America, um, but uh, <laughs> um, so you know we don't know what. I don't know, I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. There's there's thoughts over here now. People are starting to report that potentially the election over there could be postponed because um, postal votes and that type of stuff. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but our constitution pretty much lays out when a when a when the vote has to take place. Yeah, and that's I don't what know if you can change that. I don't know that you can change that. Um, not to say that you know. Again, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but my understanding of the, the U.S. Constitution it pretty much lays out when that has to happen. You know, the first Tuesday of November is when we have our national elections. Um, and I don't know that a judge or 
I think, shy of the Supreme Court ruling. I don't even, I, I, I don't know how that would happen. Plus, I think you would see a popular uprising, the likes of which the world has never seen from this country before. If there was any attempt made to delay a presidential election, I, mean, I don't could, think I, they could. They could just give Trump an automatic four-year extension. No, they can't do that either. <laughs> Again, Constitution. <laughs> um, but you know how that's going to work. Look, I do. I always vote absentee anyway. So. I haven't stepped foot in a polling place and I can't tell you how many years. I vote absentee. They send, the, they send it to my house. I fill it out and I send it in. Um, and that's an option, you know, that's an option. But whether or not they do everything vote by mail as a result of this, I mean, that's certainly possible. I don't, I think that's a lot more likely than them actually delaying the election. Um, I, th I think you would see, God, I don't even want to think about it. Well, let's, I, I had one last question about theme parks. Get away from the politics. Very fine line there. Um, but as Craig said, we just recorded a, a podcast last week about Halloween Horror Nights. Um, this year, as I'm sure you're aware, it's the 30th anniversary, so it's going to, uh, you know, ex or expected to be at least a big celebration because it was a, a big anniversary year. Mm -hmm. Do you think that event, I'm not talking about Universal opening up, but do you think that event can take place in September? I think, I think it's too early to tell. I, I, I'm not trying to dodge the question. I just think it's too early to tell. Um, if I had to put money on it, 40% chance it happens. Mm. That would be my gut, but that's all that is. Um, <clears throat> like, I, I mean, there's discussion going on about food and wine festival at Epcot and whether or not we're gonna see that. Um, I, I, I don't know that there is a situation, especially right now where Disney I don't see how they do it. If we're still, if it, it, you know, in, well, what is, you know, well, our, our Halloween starts in friggin' August now. So, um, <clears throat> as, it should. I, uh, as it should, um, it's the weirdest thing. Um, come on, guys. Uh, sorry, my dogs are, they're, 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 they're hungry. They're, they're coming up on their dinner time. So they're getting a little rambunctious. Um, I, I, I think that that's, that August-September timeframe is still going to be very, very early in a reopening process. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to and maintain where we'll be with social distancing at that point and being responsible. Um, but, you know, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that, you know, Things start to reopen, we don't spike a second wave of infections, and we slowly progress forward. But you know, they keep talking about you know if heat and humidity kills the virus, 
Well, if it does, then we're good because God knows that's two things. That's two things Florida Florida has in abundance, heat and humidity. Um, but we don't know. We don't know. So I, I would say that Halloween Horror Nights, um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Parties, Food and Wine Festival, I think there's a massive question mark hanging over those things. I think Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, uh, November, December, a little bit more likely. But as for events, August, September, ah, it's hard to say. But I would say if I had to put money on it, 40%, 40% chance it happens. Which would be sad because, you know, you don't get your 30th anniversary back, right? You don't get your, you don't get to do your 30th next year. Um, so. I, I, I don't know. See, I've been thinking about this. I mean, technically, unlike, you know, you will, we will all age, right? Whether we celebrate a birthday this year or not, physically you may, you may you may age but i don't okay yeah but i'm specifically talking about me i mean this is the guy that sneezed and put his back out last week so uh yeah i'm definitely talking about me i'm not even 37 yet um but with an event like that i mean it's the 30th anniversary well if they don't have one this year they've not had one this year that means next year's would be the 30th anniversary so they could you know, get away with it if they wanted to. Okay, if you want to split hairs, that's true. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 kind of like me saying this is the, you know, 26th anniversary of my 29th birthday. Um, so it's... Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess technically, if they don't hold it this year, then next year would be the 30th one that they've done. So um, on a technicality, they could get away with that. Now, before we go, um, we've obviously talked a lot about the theme parts and everything like that, but there was something that broke today which I thought was quite interesting um, and, again, speaks volumes about the nature of what's going on at the moment, um, and that is that, uh, of course, May the 4th is Star Wars Day. We all know that. Uh, we all celebrate it in our own special ways, I'm sure. Uh, but they announced today, uh, and it's going to be global as well, that the Rise of Skywalker will be debuting on Disney Plus uh, on May the 4th. Now, I'm not sure what the release schedule has been in the States. I think it came out for home release um, maybe a month or so ago. But in the UK, it only came out last week to actually purchase. And it's already going straight to Disney Plus. And uh, I just thought I'd, I'd see what people's opinions were of that because it's obviously something that's been driven by the current situation. Well, uh, go, on. go ahead, go ahead, Craig. Uh, well, for me, I bought it last week, so uh-huh. I bought, I've bought all the others. So you've got to complete the set, right? Um, they've got to put it out onto Disney Plus because, as wonderful as Disney Plus is there's not very much new content coming out. So they've got to be rolling out the blockbusters that they have got at their disposal just to keep people interested. So, Dubs, what do you think? Yeah, certainly it's interesting for for us Brits because they've obviously released two of the the latest blockbusters onto Disney Plus in other countries and we haven't had them in in Frozen 2 and onward. 
So this is the first time that we've actually been included in this this early release. So I'm I'm happy that we're getting it. It's obviously going to be a an extra string to Disney Plus's bow here in the UK and and in other countries as well. So I'm all for it. I don't see what the problem is in releasing them early like this. If you're paying paying for it up front like you have like you are for for Disney Plus, I don't see what the problem is. Well, I, I, you you also have to you have to bear in mind the business forces at work here. Um, think about, you know, 40%, 40% of Disney's revenue comes from parks and cruise line, 40% of their revenue. Um, an enormous amount of revenue comes from films. Keep in mind, all film production has stopped. Disney has scrapped planned films. They have moved the release dates of others. I mean, their entire schedule, their entire calendar going into 2023 has been completely upended because of this. The one bright shining beacon on the hill for them at the moment is Disney Plus. Um, you know, launched very successfully, continues to do very well. Um, this, they are absolutely going to move as much of their best content onto that platform as quickly as they can within their contractual obligations um, because they have to keep that, they have to keep that growing, right? It's one, one source of revenue, you know, cause think about it. There are no sports games going on. ESPN is pretty much shuttered right now. ESPN has no value at the moment. Um, so when you look at all of the things that make the most money for Disney, most of them are shut down because of this. Then you got Disney Plus, right? So that's why they're moving these things over there. That's why there's, uh, and from what I've heard, there's a lot of activity going on right now to release a lot more, a lot quicker than they planned. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I do, you know, I'll watch some Disney Plus, but most of my streaming time is still on Netflix. Um, so, you know, they, they, it's a, it's still a, a, a new streaming service. They haven't had time to build up, you, you know, series and shows that produce specifically for that, for that, uh, for that platform. So they're going to have to leverage, they're going to have to leverage the, uh, 20th century Fox library. Um, among other things that they own to try and get as much move to that platform as quickly as they can. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I think they might have to... My, my big bugbear with Disney Plus at the moment is the fact that you've got <clears throat> a kid's profile and you've got uh, an adult's profile, but the adult's profile really isn't... It's a, it's a very family-friendly profile. And you've got this extensive library, especially with Fox, of you know things like Predator, Aliens, which are nowhere to be seen because they're far too grown up. And I really think they need to add, uh, whether that's an additional tier price-wise or even just a different profile setting that allows you to have that content under a pin so you can't accidentally stumble across it. Um, but in order to... to add more properties to the platform so there's more content for people to watch. They won't do it. They won't do it. I'll tell you right now, it won't happen. The pressure that was on them to put casinos on the cruise, cruise, uh, the cruise ships, 
was enormous. And they wanted to find a way to do it. They wanted to find a way to do it. But at the end of the day, the value of the brand, they cannot have, you know, mass murder going on when the logo up at the top says Disney. So that's why when Michael Eisner came in back in the 80s and Frank Wells, they developed Touchstone. They developed other studios that did not have the Disney name anywhere. Mm. They did films that were more adult. Um, they don't have that luxury with Disney+. Plus. It will still be, because the URL to go there is still Disney+. Plus. So it's too attached to the brand. I would be absolutely stunned if they brought more adult fare onto that platform. I, 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 would see them, I, I would see them launching a completely separate platform before they would do that. But then again, we're in, the land, we're in the world of COVID-19, so who knows? You're losing $30 million a day, you know, some things can go out the window. Um, but I would be very surprised to see that. Now, Pete, we're going to wrap up in a minute because, um, you know, appreciate you taking your time to speak to us. Um, but before we do, um, I just wanted to ask Pete Ups, was there any other questions you wanted to ask Pete? I was just going to mention, I know, Pete, that you've become uh, a massive fan of DVC over the, the last couple of years. And I ju just wanted to, to get your opinion on how it's affected the DVC side, really. Well, you know, actually, it's funny because the show, I right before came in to do this, uh, was uh, we were doing our DVC show live on YouTube. Um, and we were talking about the fact that DVC is not nearly as impacted by this as the rest of Walt Disney World is. Um, they're not dependent on incremental revenue through check-ins and things like that. You know, um, I'm still paying for my DVC contracts, whether those things are open or not. I'm still paying my dues, whether those resorts are open or not. Um, uh, the One of the only construction projects, and I was surprised to learn this, one of the only construction projects still moving forward at Walt Disney World at this moment is Reflections. Um, and I got, uh, uh, I, I, one, of our, one of our listeners sent me something on Twitter uh, recently showing uh, the legally required sign being put up uh, over at the Disneyland Hotel uh, at the site of, uh, where the DVC tower is going to go there. So they're clearly moving forward with that. I don't think you're going to see any of the plans for Disney Vacation Club altering um, because they are not financially affected to the same degree that the rest of the resort is. Um, now, they're going to take it, they may take a hit in new contracts, uh, but even there, I don't think, because you got to, you know, I, I just, I don't think they're going to be nearly as affected as, you know, the rest of the resort is. And um, Craig, I've got to come to you and ask if you've got any pressing questions you want to ask Pete before we go. Firstly, Peter, I'd just like to thank you uh, for, for taking the time to come on tonight. I'd like to thank you for uh, making my summer uh, last year uh, having a taxi ride with you 
it was one of the most surreal and wonderful things I ever got to do. Um, but okay, but you need you need to get out more. really if a taxi ride with me is a highlight for you oh it was wonderful my 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 (laughs) wife was so jealous but as a keen gamer just during the lockdown i'd just be interested in what games you're playing i got two words for you animal crossing (laughs) i am i love that i have loved that game since it first came out i got it on i had it on the gamecube i had it on the 3ds um and uh on the switch now um now to be honest i haven't played in a few days because i've got got a lot of projects working right now but um i i just you want to talk about it's, it, it, it's a game that 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 seems made for this situation it is so calming and relaxing you just want to escape um, for a little while, it's a great game to escape into. So yeah, I love Animal Crossing. I've just bought it today for my eldest, Art Eve, and I just sat there for half an hour this evening watching her setting up. So there you go, fantastic. It's it's it really is. It's a it's a it's a great. It's the, like the premise of it is the stupidest premise ever for a game, but I I'm in. I'm all in. I, it's it's hysterical. Fifty five years old, and I'm sitting there building houses with my little. My little, my, my little guy, and talking to, talking to uh, anamorphic animals. Um, but hey, there are worse things I guess I could do. So, man, I feel like such a chump. I just bought Re- uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Should have bought Animal oh, Crossing. Oh, good. That's good. No, but look, I I could stand. I put on so much weight in the last nine months. I could probably stand Ring Fit Adventure, but um, I'd rather sit here and eat pizza and play Animal Crossing. To be honest with you, so. <laughs> Well, Pete, as Craig said, um, meeting you, uh, God, what was it, was it 2018, 2019? 2018. 2018, my God. Oh, um, that's right, yeah. But yeah, because we, we didn't, I think the, the last time you came over was when we were actually out in Florida, which is quite hysterical, really, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that was um, the trip in, uh, was trip last September, right? That's right, yeah. Um, and uh, But no, getting to to meet you, and hang out with you uh, was was a fantastic experience. We all uh, enjoyed doing that. I'm not saying that just to uh, boost your ego some more, but it, it really was, um, you know, we, we talked about it for a long time afterwards. It was uh, a, a highlight in, in an otherwise difficult year. And, um, you know, thank you so much for doing it. And on top of that as well, you also uh, treated me and P-Dubs to dinner. And uh, we still need to return that favour. So the next time that we're in Orlando, uh, we must uh, we must return the favour and, and take you. I would love that. I would love that. You guys were great. Um, really enjoyed getting to meet you and hang out with you. I'm just sorry we haven't kept more in touch. I know I, I, I said we would and I didn't. Um, so I'm really grateful for this opportunity to chat with you again. Um, but uh, certainly when you guys are over here or the next time I'm in, I'm in London, which you know, London is my favourite city in the world. So... Um, uh, any opportunity I get to go over there, I, I take it. Um, but the next time you guys are over here, certainly love to take you out and get together again. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Pete. And, and just before we do go, um, if you'd like to tell people where to find you again, if they don't already know, which they must do. Um, where our website, uh, the Diz, is wdwinfo.com. Um, our YouTube channel is YouTube dot com slash diz unplugged 
and my travel agency is uh, dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And I'll give a plug for our, our real estate uh, stuff. If you're interested in moving to Florida or buying an investment property in Florida, moving to Orlando.com. Like I said, I got my hands in everything now. But I have your hands in all those pies, right? And, and there's uh, another pie. There's another pie coming that oh. I'm not going to talk about. I can't talk about yet, but um, probably in the next month, month and a half. Well, a platform's, a platform's always available here for you. But uh, the Diz Unplugged is live, I think, 1 o'clock? 1 p.m. Eastern Time uh, every Tuesday. Excellent. So it's about 6 o'clock in the evening for our British listeners. I don't know why I refer to our British listeners, because to be honest, we're far more popular in America than we are in the UK, which makes me laugh so much, um, because this is as British as you're going to probably don't. get. Don't underestimate how much Americans love the Brits. Okay. I believe me, believe me. We love, I love the Brits like crazy. I mean, I love being over there. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe I was British in a previous life, but um, you know, I absolutely love it. So don't underestimate that. Well, uh, the feeling is mutual. We, you know, we wouldn't go over to America so much if we uh, didn't enjoy the company of the people there as well, um, as well as your amazing theme parks. Of course, there is there is also that. There is that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Pete, for joining us. Uh, thank you, P Dubs. Thank you, Craig, and thank you, dear listener, for downloading this episode. Um, we'll be back with another Disney Parts and Beyond in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Pete. Cheers, Pete. It was awesome, guys. It was awesome. Network.